across the honest pod with Carrie Garcia and Shara House where our hope is to create a safe space to share stories that foster healing hope and the honesty needed to live free and fully alive and now for this week's episode of the honest pod Hey, everybody. All right. Welcome back to The Honest Pod. The Honest Pod on Friday mornings, 9 a.m. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. I I just, this is a weird one. We don't normally record at this time, and it's super early. We normally have had several cups of coffee, several cups of tea, yeah. and we're normally like, kicking raring to go but we're getting we're getting a little bit of like early morning shara voice today okay yeah listen here's the thing do i have a little bit of a man voice in the mornings when i wake up yes did i consider taking my pre-workout to just wake me up in a timely fashion (laughs) sure but we opted out of that and we're about already a coffee deep so i think i'm gonna be good and my voice is gonna it's coming back back. nice and soothing because we get so many comments like shara your voice is so soothing no that's the most compliment we get yeah, I know. That's the only thing that I get in my emails because I don't do social media. So it's always just your voice, subject, fantastic and soothing. It happens a lot. <laughs> I know it's so sad that you're not on social media, which actually in a way I totally get it, but you don't get to hear how our 11 listeners are just so enamored with you. You want to know something so funny though, is the, like our sister was here the other day and like I was on her social media looking at something and then I was like, oh, I'm just going to like check in on my social media because it's there. I just haven't been on it in like eight months. Like it's right. just been inactive. I went out and I was so devastated to see that I lost like 80 followers. And I was like, <laughs> I, why does that matter? I'm like, I'm not even on it. I'm like, they're not interested. I'm you like, guys well, don't not, care I'm, about this stuff I'm not posting. <laughs> you guys don't even, I thought you were with me, ride or die. Anyway, I'm, I just want you to know whether it's morning time or afternoon time recording with you is the highlight of my week. So, oh yeah. Cheers to that. Yes. Cheers coffee cups, guys. Amen. Mm -hmm. Um, here's, we're recording a couple days before Easter, which brought me to, before we got on to record talking about different Easter experiences and growing up. Now we grew up in the church. So we, I've, I don't, I don't know an Easter I didn't celebrate. I mean, it's yeah. like the, it's like the Super Bowl of, for Christians. So mm-hmm. like I grew up, so tell me, cause there's been a hard progression oh, of for sure. Easter celebrations in the church. Cause it was not like, what, what did you, what was your experience growing up in church for Easter? Always, okay, so the, we did the matching outfits. Oh, for sure. I will say I always look forward to Easter because of the outfits, because we got like to dress even fancier than normal yes. and like usually some pastel color, which we love to see. And you grew and up in there... a hostel, so you dressed up for church. So Easter was oh, like yeah. next level. Yeah. There was like, it feels like lace doilies, like taped to my neck and <laughs> yes. my wrist. Like I was just on another level. Always with that. But hat. I will say, yeah, I don't, I feel like this wasn't the beginning of my memories of Easter or like the last memories I had of Easter as a kid. It was like somewhere in the middle where 
I don't know if you remember this, Carrie, but like churches went through like, let's create like an Easter party at a park yes. and invite the entire church. And it was like a Potluck. cookout type situation. Yes. Potluck. Yes. That's the word I'm looking for. Yes. Potluck situation. And everyone's so excited and you have like all these relay games. But in reality, looking back on it, like <laughs> I just remember like being so itchy because of my dress. You know what I mean? Like totally. so uncomfortable. And the like, tight. So yeah, and so sweaty and like always like crying at some point because I either fell or someone was being mean to me. Like the, I remember the food being very mediocre and people like, cause everyone's a potluck, everyone right. brings their food. Right. And I just remember like some of the stuff being like, I can't, I physically can't eat this. I don't know what this is. Well, it's all the you know food I mean? like where they're like, we're going to try to make one meal in one pot. So oh, it's 100. It's like everyone did a pot peas, roast. There's peas <laughs> and chunks of meat and somewhere pasta. And you're like, I like can't, I can't. A 97 this. degree day. And then there's like warm fruit punch. The and you're jello. Like, like, it's like a, it's a marshmallow jello at 90 degrees. I mean, we lived in, we lived, you know, in warm places. And then, and then the gunny sack races, like, the get in your dress in a sack. In this potato sack. And just book it to the other end of the field. That's right. Totally. I'm like five-year-old girl, like falling over. Like all the boys are shoving the girls. Right. There's crying. Timmy and broke his arm on the jump again. Like the Randomly, there's just called. bees everywhere. Bees? <laughs> Everyone swarmed with bees because and of all the food. I mean, those were the good old days. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. that's, that's when you like, you, you earned your chops for Easter. You know what for I'm sure. saying? Like yeah. you're like, we did the massive egg hunt where the eggs, but all you had was eggs with melted chocolate inside the eggs because oh, they'd been sitting then, out forever. But also because you're at a park, there's nowhere to hide the eggs. So they're just kind of thrown on the grass. <laughs> <laughs> there's no searching for them. It's more just like collecting them. And we were poor, so we didn't get like Dove. We got like Whitman's. Yeah. Whitman's chocolate. It was like the cheap chocolate. Here's your chocolate you box. You're like, ew, this chocolate tastes, it is kind of white when you undid it because it was like old. It's last year's <laughs> Halloween candy, which that'll preach. What <laughs> Halloween candy are you bringing to the Easter? Okay, let's go. <laughs> Seriously. Now you have like freaking egg drops from helicopters like dropping into you know where there's easter bunnies and a chicken in a chicken suit and kids are running around where parents are shoving little kids out of the way because they want to help quote unquote their two-year-old get all the candy from oh, the well, helicopter drop i will say also i don't know when this started when parents started putting money in the freaking eggs let that. me tell you something this year yeah. We're doing that because I have a 15 year old, play. right? And then I'm like, he doesn't <laughs> sure. want to do an egg hunt. He will if I put money in it because mm -hmm. I have a 10 year old who still wants to do like an egg thing, but I have a mm -hmm. 15 year old who's not about it. But guess what? There's some golden eggs and those golden mm -hmm. eggs have five bucks in each one of them. You better believe my 15 year old's going to be out there hunting. Let me tell you something. I hope he leaves some because I'm going to be there next week and I'm going to try to find me some gold eggs because I got a coffee thing that I need to, I need to Days supply myself hard, with. Okay? Am I right? This, this COVID yeah. thing is really needing you to get stack some cheddar. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? You know, you know what I'm saying? All that to say is I just can't keep up with, I was talking to my church, the church that I'm at right now, Hope Collective, and they were talking about, they're all like triggered from a few years ago when they did the egg drop from a helicopter on their property. They Wait, thought, did they really do an egg drop from a helicopter? They 
they really what? did an egg drop from a helicopter, not even exaggerating. And they had, they were hoping for like, oh, maybe we'll get 2,000 people to come from the neighborhood. They had 4,000 people show up. <gasps> Kids are running around. They, like parents are crying because they lost their kid. They are like parked. They, they had to end up paying for all of these people in the neighborhood because people parked on their lawn and ruined their lawn. The, the helicopter kept running by and just dumping the eggs and the eggs were falling on people. <laughs> it was a disaster. Then they decided to do baptisms. So our pastor went in to, to, to fill up the baptismal and then had to talk to police and forgot about it and flooded the church. <laughs> Happy resurrection. Stop Jesus it right now. Alive. Yeah. And they ran out of candy and kids were crying. So they went into downstairs into like cabinets. We're pulling out like sodas and pot and popsicles just to hand whatever they had. They said that they had like leftover little bags of carrots. They were handing them out. Oh my god! They just were handing out whatever they could because kids were crying and parents took like so many of the parents of the toddlers took all the candy. So kids like were like running around like I didn't get any. It was just oh my, sheer I'm in shock mayhem. right now. Yeah. Because so, I can feel that anyone who grew up in the church or is like a pastor's kid, like yeah. you've like you've been in that scenario before, probably not as extreme, but the anxiety, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just throw anything at them. Just throw just some throw, throw some sourdough bread. Yeah, throw them, throw the what's it called? The communion at yeah, them. Yeah, now the they're getting like little wine <laughs> cups and communer cackers for Easter. <laughs> Yeah, they said it was a disaster. So they're highly triggered. And now that I'm here this year, I'm like, so what are we doing for Easter? And everyone was like, nothing. We're just having a Sunday service because to be honest with you, Jesus rose and we're just going to praise him for it. <laughs> and I was like, you know, honestly, what? if I was a part of that, yeah, 100%, I'd be the same. I'd be like, we're not doing anything. We're actually going to keep it very low key. They are. They're we're doing this in very low key. They're so, I was like, gosh, you guys are really triggered from this. And they're like, yeah. People lost their kids. They ended up finding them. But, you know, those sheer panic 10 minutes were just not, oh my just wasn't gosh. what the day was supposed to be, you know? Yeah. Like, wasn't yeah. The day. Look a little different for the rest of us. Poor them. <laughs> Poor Hope Collective. Anyway, all that to say is happy Easter. We hope, I mean, you're going to actually listen to this after Easter, but, you know, if you had a great Easter, awesome. If you had one of those triggering uh, dropped eggs from a helicopter. God still loves you, and He's with you, mm -hmm. and you can you can recelebrate them this Sunday as you're walking into yeah. church. <laughs> and if you're a pastor or in ministry, and you're listening to this post Easter, I hope you got a break afterwards. Dude, I hope you yeah. were able to just take, take some time, relax. You right. deserve it. You work so hard. Easter is crazy. Easter is crazy, and I don't even know why it's crazy. It's like we should be celebrating anyway. That's a whole nother podcast. We should just be <laughs> celebrating the resurrection of God all the days. Mm -hmm. So just celebrate. All that to say, mm -hmm. this has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. Zero reference. <laughs> but here's what I want to talk about. And here's what Shara and I were kind of like wrestling with. And this is what a lot of people, This we, we actually sent out a thing um, a while back. And we've been working on this of people saying things that they want to hear and talk about on the podcast. And one of the things had come up around the idea around conviction versus condemnation. And we have had, I've had so many people, even when I'm doing Freedom Academy, um, because one of the things that I reference is the kindness of the Lord leads us to repentance. 
And so often, and it usually comes from people that have been in church their whole life, um, it comes around and saying, well, if the kindness of the Lord leads us to repentance, what's conviction? Because I don't feel like when God is speaking to me to move forward in my life or change or repent, that it feels like kindness. It feels like I've done something bad. I'm bad. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to dive in today a little bit around the idea between conviction versus condemnation, because one is just so going to bring us to a place of shame. And one actually is going to bring us to a place of freedom. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think, I think for many of us, now some of you might have a handle on this and you might get this, but I would venture to say that many of us, the tone in which we hear um, that sounds like condemn. That sounds like conviction. Oftentimes, is the tone of condemnation, and the enemy mm-hmm. uses it to keep us far away from God. And so, mm-hmm. I would love to hear from you, Shara. Just like you, kind of growing up in this idea. I mean, you and I have had lots of conversations about this. But what are some of the kind of when you first think of I'm being convicted by the Lord? What kind of comes up for you, and what that sounds like? Does that make sense? Mm, Yeah. So this whole concept was like crazy for me a couple years back because I was so on like on the, on the side of things where I felt like condemnation was the way God spoke. Mm -hmm. But, and I remember someone saying this and I don't want to say this is like a hundred percent truth because obviously it's different, but I remember it really stuck with me was we hear God's tone based off of the person who introduced us to him. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was my dad. Mm -hmm. So I realized like, as I was doing some work and getting older and relearning some of these very basic concepts of faith that um, the tone I was hearing from God was actually my dad's tone. Mm -hmm. And for, if you listen to our podcast, you know, like it was a very tumultuous relationship growing Mm -hmm. up. It was just very abusive and Mm -hmm. there was so much condemnation, never did anything right. Mm -hmm. Um, and everything went back to like, I'm a bad person Mm -hmm. as a kid. So whenever I would do something wrong and actually like that was pretty enforced, even with discipline, um, like physically enforced Mm -hmm. as well. Like if you did something bad, you are something bad. Mm -hmm. If you did something bad, you're going to hell. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you have to work really hard to get out of that going to hell space and be in repentance. So there was so much of like my story that laid the tone for how I heard from God or what I thought was God's tone towards me. So when I started getting older and you and I, Carrie, talking a lot about this. I remember you're the one that kind of brought up the concept to me, like, who are you hearing right now? Mm-hmm. What tone are you hearing? And I remember being like, what? But then after I did some time or sat down and really like um, observed over the years who I was hearing, I was like, oh, that's not God's tone at all. But I will say even now, knowing that like, if it's not kind, it's not from him. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes time like mm-hmm. to it's not something that immediately, like I hear God's tone and it's kind. The condemnation will always be the first thing I you hear. You have to fight it. But nah, you have to fight it. There's now an awareness, like that's not it, mm. but that's still my my go-to, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's such an interesting thing because, I mean, I I know this in my head, right? Like cognitively, I know the kindness of the Lord leads me to repentance. Um, but the tones that I hear are oftentimes negative and I have to actually contend to fight for, wait a minute, 
Mm-hmm. What is God's voice and what is is honestly the voice of the enemy or the voice of, yeah, people, you know, parent, parental voices and different things because we parent from flawed places. And so I, I want to kind of unpack this a little bit because I think for many of us, this, what Shar just shared is true for many of us in the sense that we look at the conviction, quote unquote, from God as places of, I am bad. Mm-hmm. Something is like, instead of I'm doing something that is harmful for me um, and I want to turn and be free from it, it turns into I am bad and that makes me want to actually pull away from God. So mm-hmm. conviction, just for definition, conviction is actually going to move us towards healing, towards God and towards hope. It's going to have, now it doesn't mean that you're not going to feel like, oh man, I need to change that. Yeah. But it should be moving you towards hope, towards something that's like, man, this is not healthy for me. I actually want to step out of this so that I can begin to walk in more freedom or more health. Condemnation is going to say words like, you are bad. Yeah. Who you are as a person is bad. You're, um, you're so messed up that it's going to make you to want to pull away from the presence of God, the goodness of God, and even pull away from people that care about you, love you. And so there, there is the, what is drawing you forward and away from things that are hurting you towards the love of God and what is pulling you away from God. And mm-hmm. and that's how we can start to kind of see. So I'm going to give a, for instance, I'm not going to tell what the particular thing is. I thought about it. And then I was like, no, I need to keep this to myself. But I woke up actually yesterday morning and instantly felt conviction. And I knew it was conviction because it was something that felt true something that I needed to walk away from that felt true, but I didn't have shame on it. It wasn't like I, I was bad or I wanted to hide. It was a prompting from the spirit that I did feel like, oh man, this has a hold on me. And to be honest with you, it's social. It's a, something that's socially acceptable. It is something that no one would ever even know or even think about. No one would ever even call me out on it. It's not something it's not something that is like an outward sin. It's not something that, um, maybe I will say it. It's actually around my phone, which seems just really, I feel prompted to say it because it, I I feel like you want, I want you to see like God inviting us into things that not, it's not like this outward, like I'm looking at porn or, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. like where we can really point it out. I woke up in the morning And I felt that, and I've felt this on and off for several months, that my phone has actually become a distraction and it's Mm. actually taking away from uh, time. I'm feeling really stressed out lately. I've got a lot going on. There's a lot of things I need to complete and I'm spending time on my phone as a numbing mechanism, as a distraction. I I don't even want to numb. Like I'm not that, I mean, I'm stressed Mm -hmm. out, but I'm not like, oh my gosh, the world is so crazy. I honestly think, and and this is true, I feel like the enemy has used my phone in a way to keep me distracted from actually doing and writing really good things that I need to write and offer to the world. Mm. And so I've been feeling this the past couple months, or not a couple months, couple weeks. 
I woke up yesterday morning and it was like a word in my heart that said, Carrie, this phone is keeping you from the really good work that you want to do and that I have for you. And it's actually a distraction from the enemy. Put your phone down. Mm. And I was like, I mean, it hit me in my gut. I didn't feel shame around it. I did feel like I wanted to repent because mm-hmm. to to repent is to turn from something that has bondage on you and be be back into the arms and the the freedom of your father. Yeah. So I go, man, Lord, I actually repent of how much my phone has taken up my time away from you, away from the work I want to do for you. And thank you. Like there was a sense of like, I know this isn't right. And I want to say I felt bad. I didn't, I felt convicted. Like there's a, I didn't feel bad. Like I'm bad. I felt like, man, this has actually become a place of conviction. And if I continue on it, it's going to be a place of sin. Well, yeah. And I feel like even the way you're talking about it now doesn't feel, um, like, like condemnation, like condemning. Yeah. There's like, there's kindness on it. There's an understanding of maybe this served you a little bit in this area because you are so busy and it's not bad to take a break or to Mm -hmm. numb out in that area a little bit. Like your schedule's insane. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. you just need to unplug. Yeah. There's almost like an understanding of it all, but now you're being called to something else. Mm -hmm. So we're just leaving it behind. Whereas it I've heard you talk about things that you're feeling condemnation around mm-hmm. where it's like, I don't know why I do this. This is so dumb. Like, I'm blah, so blah. dumb. It's just, mm-hmm. Yeah. You can feel the difference. And I think as individuals, we know the difference between, oh, I'm hearing in condemnation things about myself that I have believed to be true, that this is affirming. Yes. Like, oh, I'm bad. I'm not worth anything. Of course I did that. Or of course I did this. That's the condemnation piece. Whereas I think the, the conviction, ha- conviction has an understanding of what maybe served you or didn't serve you, but truly that you're, it's in, you're, you're in this for the growth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and, and that, that was in that situation. Cause I don't think in and of itself, my phone is sinful. I yeah. think though, that as the Lord has convicted me and I continue to do it, I think it moves into sin. And I think God's like, hey, this, because sin is anything that's pulling me away from what God has for me. Like, you know, like the things that I'm sitting in the flesh and not moving into the spirit. And so I'm like, man, I don't think that this is sin for me at this point, but I think because I am convicted, um, it's like the whole idea around alcohol. Is alcohol a sin? No. Alcohol, and it's amoral. It's It's not sinful. Now, some people might disagree with me on this. It's what you do with alcohol and it's the abuse of alcohol that can become sinful. But Mm -hmm. you might be convicted that for a time period that God is saying, Hey, I don't want you to drink right now. Mm -hmm. And and maybe you don't even know why, but you feel the conviction. It doesn't feel condemning. It doesn't feel shame-filled. You are not bad. You are not an alcoholic, but God is calling you to something and he knows more about your heart than you do. And so he's saying, hey, I'm calling you to not drink for a while. If you Mm -hmm. continue doing that, you're in disobedience, then it does become sin. Mm -hmm. And that's where we, and he will still draw you. But even of the conviction of sin, it is always to say, come back into my presence. Mm-hmm. The difference between condemnation and conviction is condemnation is going to want to make you hide from God. 
Mm-hmm. Conviction is going to want you to have to face off your sin, but know it's met with a loving father that mm-hmm. wants protection for you, restoration for you, honor for you. And that's the difference between. It's the difference between isolation and intimacy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Two polar opposite things. Yes. So I want to say this. I, I was reading something and and I love that it says here, um, conviction, it, I'm reading from some article it's called from Bible Reasons. And it said, I love what it says. It says, conviction is more than the mere feeling of guilt for something we've done wrong. It's normal to feel guilty after doing something that we know we shouldn't have done. But conviction goes above and beyond having a guilty feeling. Convict in the Greek translate is eleneko, which I probably butchered that, which means mm-hmm. to convince someone of the truth and to reprove. Reprove means to shape. So we see that conviction brings out the truth and it, it does bring about this, this sense of, hey, I have a wrong and I need to be rebuked in that wrong, but it's never to draw us away from God. It's to draw yeah. us towards God. And I just, I loved that because I thought, man, for me, and I think for many of the people that are listening to this, we hear a tone of condemnation and that tone, like, for the longest time I heard now my father's a great dad, like he loves me. He has shown me so much grace, so much grace, which actually has helped me understand God's grace because he's shown me so much grace, mm-hmm. but he's, there's also been a lot around what my dad brings to the table around, um, you know, being smart. My dad has a doctorate in theology and, you know, really knowing the scriptures and all of those things have been really, really good. But often the enemy has attached to how my dad loved Jesus and attached that and made me feel, and I'm not saying my dad did this, but I really do believe the enemy started to whisper, you're not smart enough. You're not educated enough. You don't have enough to be able to be the one that's speaking on behalf of the Lord. So you better stop talking. And oftentimes when I'm, before I've preached, especially when I do Freedom Academies, I come under attack because we are definitely freeing people from the lies Mm -hmm. of the enemy at Freedom Academy. And often that same voice will come in. You shouldn't be saying this. You're not educated enough. Now Mm. that, that wasn't, my dad didn't put that on me, but because of the way that I saw my dad walk in his faith. I thought that's what mine had to look like. And the enemy attached to that and was like, yeah, if you don't look like this, you aren't a good Christian. You aren't, Mm. none of that's from God. None Mm -hmm. of that's from God. And so, you know, I I just want to, like, I feel like there's such a freedom in saying, like the scripture says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. But in Romans, it says the Holy Spirit has come to bring conviction. So mm. the difference between the two is that one brings, you know, I, th- I want to give um, the scripture of that. John 16, 8, it says, and when he comes, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and the coming judgment. And we look mm. at that and and we hear maybe the tone of, like the guy standing on the corner saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand and you're mm-hmm. terrible and you're going to hell. And there's truth. 
The kingdom mm-hmm. of God is at hand and we do need to believe in the Lord. But what the Holy Spirit does is convict us, not in shame, but convicts us to say, you get to be a part of the goodness of God. You get to be a part of coming into the fullness of who God is. You get to be a part of that. And the Holy Spirit is here to convict your heart so that you can walk in more freedom. Mm -hmm. That simple act of the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and I truly believe it was around my phone, had nothing to do with shame because Mm -hmm. God is never in shame. It had nothing to do with condemnation. It had everything to do with Carrie, this small thing that nobody even knows about. Nobody even cares about it. In fact, the world is like, yeah, be on your phone. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is saying, this is not good for you. And it's keeping you away from what you actually want to do. And in fact, it's actually producing so much more stress for you because you're on your phone. You're not, you're not able to spend the time getting the stuff done that you want to get done. Mm-hmm. So now you're stressed mm-hmm. out. And he wants to, so he wants yeah. to free me up. Mm-hmm. Condemnation though when I'm at freedom movement or freedom academies, you're, you're bad. You shouldn't be Mm -hmm. saying what you're saying. What you're saying is, I remember one time I was, it was in the middle of the night and I was like praying for every, and I was spinning out. And the words that kept saying is you're abusing the gift God has given you. And man, I literally thought it was Jesus saying it to me. Mm. I literally was like spinning out. I called my husband uh, called actually called my counselor. It was like four in the morning, like they're going to answer. <laughs> but I mean, I was really, really down, like really spinning mm-hmm. out about it. And like, oh my gosh, I'm abusing. I'm not abusing God's gift. Like that was a full on assault that was moving me away from the goodness of God. And the mm. kindness of the Lord leads me to repentance. There was no repentance. There was hiding. I got to the point where I was literally not going to stay at the academy. I was going to call them and tell them, remember that I I was going to call them and tell them I was sick and had to leave two days in Mm -hmm. or one day in, I'm going to leave because I'm sick. What Mm -hmm. in the actual world? Yeah. But this is what we need to listen to is tone. So I'm saying a lot right now would love to hear like what's coming up for you as you hear this Shara, knowing there's so many people. I mean, I've done a ton of work around this. You've done a ton of work around this. What were some, what's either coming up for you as you're hearing this or what's some aha moments even in hearing this that you might just want to sit for that, you know, the, the person just sitting, listening to this, like practical tools, or I don't know what's coming up for you. So I think for me, I always will want to go back to practical tools. So I'm imagine hearing this being like, okay, well, how do I recognize like what is what? Right. And kind of what we talked about earlier for me was really identifying the tone. Yes. Tone, like the tone, like even to this, like to make it more simple is what you're hearing. Does it sound angry? Mm-hmm. Does it sound upset? Does it sound, um, belittling. Does it sound, those were the things that I kind of like, okay, in my story, these are kind of triggers. And am I, what I'm hearing right now, is it coming with those tones? Cause if it is, it's not from God. Mm. And I think that there's kind of what you're saying, like in the conviction and in the condemnation, they could be addressing the same thing. Like there could be something that God's wanting to convict your heart about, but because it's coming in condemnation, because that's what you're used to hearing or what you're used to thinking about Mm. yourself. I think Satan uses it to condemn Mm -hmm. and bring shame around it. Whereas God wants to bring freedom and intimacy. So I think that's a good point. I really, that, 
like the idea of there might be some truth that we need to sit in, but the enemy's taking the opportunity to just shame you in it so that you don't even engage the truth of it because it's like, well, I'm just so terrible. Um, yeah. That's, that's an interesting thought because, you know, do we, like the Bible says, you need to examine the thoughts that come into your mind. You need to actually take them captive and examine them and sift through. So what I hear you saying is there might actually be some truth in some of this and some mm -hmm. of what you're feeling conviction around, but because the enemy has had such a way with you, maybe in this area or in your heart, he's, it's, it's almost like he gets muddled up mm -hmm. in the truth. And then the lie and the truth, it's hard to separate it. 100% that's my that's my story. I think with things that I feel like convicted around, usually there's truth to it, but there's so much shame wrapped around it that because of my how I respond to things, I ignore, push to the side, but then there's been those times where I do address and I have to like get rid of that negative voice but realize that there is truth and there is growth in these areas. Mm. There's just a different way of going about it. There's a kinder way. So, how do you how, how do you do that? Like if you're like, well, I don't want to deal with this because it's making me feel bad, even yeah. though I know there might be some truth in it. And maybe there's a lot of truth for my freedom, but it's, but I feel bad. Like, well, for you, what do you do? Well, so I think because that freedom, we get you're going to get freedom, yeah, but you feel shame. Yeah. So I think always we make things, uh, we build stories in our heads and so for me, it takes a while to get here, but communicating that I'm struggling in an area or I'm mm. feeling um, conviction with someone else, usually they can bring light to the fact that like, hey, you're not these things. Like you're not that. Yes, you may have like a tendency to do this, but we all have things and we can work on that. There's something about like communicating and in like um, intimate conversation with like a trusted loved one that really good. can help bring light to some of the lies or um, that you're believing based off of this topic. So good. Okay. You know? So good. So good. So good. So if you're listening right now, and I think what Shara just said is profound and it's biblical, which is always good. Uh, <laughs> so we have a thought that comes in. Now, what I felt about my phone, I knew it was God. I, I didn't feel shame around it. I just, I knew it was like, it went from my head into my gut. Like I just knew, okay, it's time. But there are other things for instance, when I'm spinning out about my gifts and, you know, what's true, what's not true. And what Shara is saying is oftentimes, and this is the beauty of the body of Christ. And this is what we talk about. I mean, we talk about this at Freedom Academy all the time, but connection to self. What am I thinking? What am I feeling? What's actually going on? And oftentimes because of the stories, like what Shara just said, the stories we play out in our head, we actually don't have a proper grid in which mm -hmm. to see clearly. We have the grid in which we're looking through is the grid of our own hurt, maybe voices and, you know, other people, parental, family of origin, um, friendship, whatever, that are clouding our judgment. And so we are, we are not able to see clearly, even when we go to the Lord, because we have listened to this shame cycle so often, it's, it's like so a part of our, our vernacular, our languaging, our narrative, that it's hard to separate the two. And this is why we need the body of Christ. This mm -hmm. is why we need each other. This is why it says, confess your sins one to another. 
because it's Mm -hmm. not about just going, oh, I'm going to tell you my junk and you're going to, you know, hold me accountable. No, it's because you're going to help me see the truth and you're going to help me see the lie in which I Mm. can't see it. So when we're sitting in conviction, conviction would let us want to move towards people. It would Mm -hmm. want us to move towards a place of going, okay, I need help in this area. Condemnation is going to make us want to move away from people. And whenever we're feeling that I want to move away, I'm going to encourage you, friend that's listening, to contend to press in. Because if you are in shame, if you're wanting to move away, there is probably something on the other side that the Holy Spirit is wanting you to face off so that you can move back into relationship with God, yourself, and others. Mm -hmm. And that is going to be a real red flag whenever you're wanting to isolate, whenever you're wanting to pull away, whenever you're wanting to dismiss or disassociate, pull away from it's a really good indicator that something's going on in the bigger story of your life that God mm-hmm. is pulling you into. So in a way, condemnation, if you're smart about it, can actually be an indicator that there is freedom being offered for you and the enemy is wanting to pull He's you He's trying away. to rob it. Yeah. Yeah. And so can we use, <laughs> I mean, this is this kind of taking a turn, but can we use condemnation as a sign mm-hmm. to be inviting us into conviction for freedom. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. kind of an interesting concept to, mm-hmm. to go, gosh, I feel really condemned right now. I mean, this would take more maturity than I even have, but <laughs> you know, the maturity to say, I'm actually sitting in condemnation right now. Could I sit in this condemnation and invite Jesus into it, invite a friend into it, which will invite me into freedom from it? Come on. I love that. Let's go. That just happened. That literally just happened to me today. Um, that literally just happened this morning. I mean, I'm honest, full of conviction and condemnation today. But I <laughs> yesterday was conviction. This morning had some condemnation, and it was just all around my giftings and stuff. And I was kind of thinking about it and felt really con- con- like just condemned, just like oh man, like. I should be in this space and I'm not, and you know, I'm doing this. And is that even good? You know, just the same old dumb stuff that we as humans struggle with. And I began to invite God into it and actually talk to my husband about it and started to realize like, you know, God is, it's just that reiterating God has me exactly where I'm supposed to be. Mm, And there mm -hmm. is, and I think we're actually, we're rattling hell here. <laughs> we really are because mm-hmm. we are just shaking stuff up. People are getting free left and right. I mean, men, women, Freedom Academy is going crazy because so many people actually want to know how to get free. Yeah. Stuff that's happening in my church, stuff that's happening on this podcast. I mean, it's just like good things are happening. And I woke up this morning thinking, I mean, it's so, so crazy, but thinking, you know, oh, but if you really want to be successful, you would have been in that space. And those people mm. didn't want you in the, in the room with them. Those people didn't want you around. So, so you really aren't doing good work. And that mm. n- none of that's Jesus. That's not how mm-hmm. he talks. That's not how he loves. That's not how he cares. And what did I do? Yeah. I prayed about it. I started talking to Mari about it. I actually talked to you a little bit about it at the beginning mm-hmm. of, uh, before we started doing the podcast and instantly was like, Oh, pff. it, it actually invited yeah. me into, reiterating the truth that God has me right where I'm supposed to be and the freedom of where I am. It's pretty interesting Mm -hmm. that what the enemy is trying to use to keep me silent when I bring it to the light, like you said, and I, and I verbalize it, 
it like the power of the condemnation dissipates. It's like Mm -hmm. it, it's like as soon as the lights turned on, the little creepy critters just ran and they Mm -hmm. like, they just had to disappear. They don't have any power, Mm -hmm. you know? I truly believe that the devil is in the business of taking things that God has distinctly designed for good in you and making them evil Mm -hmm. so that you never want to address. I think that even goes to your giftings and in your story. I think the devil will try to rob whatever that is as early as he can, because he knows that big and beautiful things could come out of that if that part of you is free. Okay. So here's the question. How does he do that for you? How does he do that for me personally? What are are the big and beautiful things that God has for you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that he wants, that the enemy is trying to rob you? Oh, I feel, I know hundred percent as early as possible, my voice was robbed mm-hmm. and it's still a process. I mean, there's, there's multiple things mm-hmm. like truly got kind of a crazy story, but I think that that's one that I can feel almost daily. So the, the fight for my voice. So what, what is the goodness that your voice brings to the world? Um, I think that, uh, Honestly, I think I'm in the process of valuing my voice. So I, I think that are, there are good things from my voice, but I think I struggle with, oh, I can make people laugh. That's probably the cap of it. But no, I know that's not true. I'm learning that that's not true. Well, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that is true. You do make people laugh. But yeah, but I'm learning totality. that that's not the, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I think, I mean, it's, it's a process. Mm-hmm. There's many things that I feel like mm-hmm. I can evidently see. Um, what do you, what's the terminology you use? You use it in Allender a lot. There's, um, I have one word that's so inappropriate and it's not, it's not the one I'm thinking of. We already well, said teats last desire. week. So. Desire. I know, yes. but I was going to say lust and I was like, that ain't it. Yeah. Hold well, that's, that's actually the counterfeit of desire. Okay. So well, there we go. It's the counterfeit yeah. of desire. Yeah. So what I think about there's desire? a lot of, de- yeah. So I think there's a lot of desires that I have that I've ignored because I, stuff was robbed for me pretty early on that became truths that I believed about myself Mm -hmm. that may not be true and are not true, but you know, in the process of. Yeah. And I mean, the reason I know I put you on the spot, but the reason why I ask you that is because I, I think even what you're saying for me, and I know you were saying in general to people, like we have these giftings and the, and, and the enemy wants to rob us in those very places. You know, I do have some some powerful giftings that God has given me. And it's, it's been neat to be able to say that because it's not by my might. It's by what God has just, for whatever reason, given to me. And I'm super humbled and thankful about it. And it gets, it gets attacked all the time. And I see the same in you, you know, like I see like, yes, you do make people, honestly, laughter is, I mean, I told you so many people have come up and been like, I am so thankful that you guys go, go deep places and also make me laugh. Like there is something about like levity in the midst of Mm -hmm. really hard things that actually makes a heart feel soothed. It's the one thing that I believe as a speaker, that if I can make them laugh, it's the one thing that tears down walls the quickest Mm -hmm. and makes someone feel safe more than tears, more than, you know, some kind of three point powerful message. If I can make you laugh, there is something about laughter that makes you feel safe and it's universal. And and yet even in that, he has discounted your humor. Like, Mm. oh, it's, it's not that powerful. Oh, you're just the silly girl. Oh, all, Mm -hmm. all you can do is make people laugh. There's not too many people that are funny, like that are Mm -hmm. actually funny. 
They think they're funny, Mm -hmm. but they're not actually funny, you know? Mm -hmm. And that is such a gift. But then the depth of where you will go with a heart is, I mean, I I know it because I can speak on behalf of my own heart and what you've done with my own heart. And like even texting you the other day, I'm like, gosh, I miss you because, you know, we've just been both so busy and all of the things. Mm -hmm. I'm like, we need to do a check-in because I feel seen when I'm with you. I feel mm. seen when we talk. I feel like you ask questions because you actually care about my heart. And in turn, I love to get to see yours. And so I, I say that because it's easy for us on a podcast to tell you what you need to do. The harder part is letting you know we're in this with you. And, no, for sure. and we are contending for our own voices. We are contending mm-hmm. for our own giftings. But here's the beauty. It's worth it. It's worth the work. It's worth the time. It's worth the energy. It's worth listening to the truth of conviction to move you towards freedom, even though conviction means you're going to have to lay down stuff that might feel good in the moment, might feel like, well, I really like doing this. But if Mm -hmm. God is convicting you to move forward, trust me when I tell you it's for your freedom. He does not want your life to just, he doesn't need any more miserable Christians. we got enough of those walking around. (laughs) He actually wants freedom for you. So it's, will you trust him when he convicts you to move forward? Will you hear the tone of kindness inviting you into freedom? Will you contend against condemnation? And if you cannot, will you allow others to come in and contend with you? Mm. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And the conviction of the Holy Spirit will always lead you to freedom. Mm -hmm. So the question isn't, you know, is the conviction of God mean or no, the conviction of God is for your freedom. The question is, will you choose to step in? Will you choose to examine the tone? And if the tone is not kindness, will you contend with other people to help you hear God's voice rather Mm -hmm. than the voice of your father, your mother, yourself, the enemy, bullies on the playground, whatever the story is, will you contend for that? Because Mm -hmm. as Shara and I are working out our gifting and working out what we hear from God, with every step, we are coming closer to more freedom. Yeah, And this is what's being offered for you. So such a good conversation. Any last thoughts, Shara? Are you feeling that you need to share? No. So no. really the idea here is that know that you're, that you are not alone. <laughs> we yeah. all struggle with this. And this is something that I think the more that we can have clarity around, the more the enemy will just not have power. The more you bring this to light, the more you contend, the more you are kind to the places of your heart and your mind that feel bound or or struggle with condemnation. Be kind towards that. Bring it to the light. Invite someone into it, even if it's a therapist. We've got a great therapist at Freedom Movement um, named Caitlin McCarty, and we have a couple of coaches that you can work with. You can go to wearefreedommovement.org and go under our counseling and coaching section. You can reach out to them and they would love to help you. We would love to help you at Freedom Academy. This is so much of what we do, hearing the voice of God, knowing your story so that you can identify where condemnation lives and be able to be invited into places of conviction for freedom. Um, We have a couple spots 
spots left in Chicago and just a very few spots left in Northern California. So we'd love to have you be a part of that. Um, But just know, friends, Jesus is for you. It is the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. Conviction is repentance, and repentance is the invitation to the party. So we love you. We will see you next week. We are so thankful for the talented Tanya Godsey offering her amazing music with us. You can find Tanya on Spotify and other streaming platforms. And hey, we would love to answer any questions you may have for us right here on the show. So you can send us those questions to hello at thehonestpodcast.com. And as always, thank you for letting us share about the not so easy stories that make us and entering into the honesty and courage it takes to love who you were created to be. So until the next time, friends, may God's love and kindness be an offering to your heart, both now and always.